You're listening to the Vineyard Last Community we Church Podcast Stephen. with Pastor we Rick Francis. At, uh, well, For actually, more information, we visit vccmountcomfort.org. In the early church, and that had to do with the food distribution and between the, the Aramaic-speaking and the Greek-speaking uh, Jewish widows, there was, there was a little problem, and so they, uh, the apostles got together and they, they had the people choose from among them seven men who were full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. That sounds like a good, good way to uh, select, a, a good criteria by which you make a selection is let's find people who are full of the Holy Spirit and they have wisdom. That, that would be a pretty good idea, don't you think, if, if we're going to find a, a solution to a problem? And so they did, and all the people were pleased, and we looked and, and we closed with this verse. <clears throat> God's word reigned supreme and kept spreading. The number of Jesus' followers in Jerusalem quickly grew and increased by the day. Even a great number of Jewish priests became believers and were obedient to the faith. Hmm. So we have at the beginning of Acts with the, with the coming of the Holy Spirit and, and things just breaking open. Jesus has, has died. He was resurrected. He spent 40 days teaching on the kingdom to his uh, disciples uh, on Pentecost. Uh, Ten days before Pentecost, he, he ascended to heaven. And, and then we see the day of Pentecost coming and the anointing coming upon the church. Now we see that 3,000 came with the very first preaching that Peter did. And people were added day by day by day. And later we find that it's up to 5,000. So this thing's working. This thing's really happening. Uh, there is a real movement of the kingdom of God being expressed on planet Earth. And so as, as this is taking place, we don't get a whole lot of details other than that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread. Oh, flesh. Oh and to the rescuing of little babies. <laughs> to, the, to the fellowship and to, to prayer. And so as a result of this, People were encountering the Lord in, in real tangible ways. There was real growth taking place. Prior to this, we had the 12 that followed Jesus for three years, the 70 that were, were sent out as well, the 120 that was in the upper room. But where Stephen and where these guys were at this time, who knows? They may have been converted at the very first proclamation uh, of Peter. But there's real serious growth going on in the heart of the early believer. They're, they're not just coming and doing church. There, there is a relationship with Jesus that is continuous. They're with Jesus day and night. They're growing. They're doing life together. There's, there's a, a community, a fellowship. There's a growth opportunity. Sometimes, you know, as, as I read the scripture and then I look at how we do life, how we do church life in America, sometimes I get so grieved. I just think, are we ever going to get it? Are we ever going to do this? Times I go in my, my little imaginary world and I think, what would it be like if we were really living in community? What would it be like if, if, if no one had need? We shared everything amongst, there, there, was no, there was nobody that was in want. 
It would go contrary to our American dream values, but the kingdom trumps the American dream. It would be so interesting, it'd be so radical, it would have such an impact, it doesn't matter what country you're in, it would be so radical that it would have an effect on the culture. And so this did. And so it was growing and people were maturing. And so you had people that were coming to Christ, having encounters with the Holy Spirit, receiving spiritual anointings and giftings, being obedient. Even, even Jewish priests are, are, are now converting to, to Christ and they're being obedient to the faith and they're following the word. They're growing, they're getting some muscle. They're, they're building themselves up and they're preaching the gospel they're releasing the love of, of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit everywhere they go. And so there's this incredible, incredible dynamic of growth. In my own heart of hearts, I think we could grow a lot deeper. We could grow a lot faster if we had something of that kind of reality. And it could be in the, in the future we may... We may find that. Usually it happens out of necessity. Right now we're, we get so comfortable that we really don't feel like we need any more than what we've got. If, if we find that we've got a little more, if we've got a little more stirring of, of, of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and, and we're starting to think, you know, I'd like a little more than what I'm experiencing. And then uh, might go to Chuck's class on Sunday morning and at a 9.30 you know, and, and just say, okay, that, that felt that need. But if you go to Chuck's class, that might create even more hunger. This is the way it works in the kingdom. The more you eat, the hungrier you get. Sorry for the mint. Sorry. Right. I'm crackling as I talk. My blood sugar's a little low, so I'm trying to keep it up. Um, in the world, if Batman gets hungry, <laughs> he eats. And we've had lunch together many times, haven't we? And I've seen you eat quite a bit. <laughs> and when you eat as much as Jermaine eats, all of a sudden you get full and, and, and what happens? You're not hungry. We're not hungry. And that's why it happens on, on earth, doesn't it? We eat, we get our stomach full, and for me, I fall asleep. <clears throat> but we, we stop eating, we have no hunger. In the kingdom of God, the more you eat, the hungrier you get. If you find that you've lost your hunger for the word, or you've lost your hunger for worship, you've lost your hunger for fellowship and communion, the question to ask yourself is, when's the last time I ate? When's the last time I ate? If we eat once a week, we won't develop an increasing hunger. If, if we eat every day, that hunger should increase and increase and increase. I tell you, as a pastor, it, it, 
when, when you find somebody who kind of connects with Jesus, and it, it could be a lot of different ways, it could be the circumstances of their life, and sometimes the best time we look up is when we're really at the bottom, and we, and we connect with him, and all of a sudden you see the light on, you see the hunger, you see the, the passion to know him even more fully, as that begins to increase, it just makes me just feel so good. I just, I love it, I love it, I love it. I love it when people learn how to feed themselves. Isn't that fun? Uh I know the ones who, the only time they eat is when they come to a service or they come to a a study or something like that. But there are those who've learned how to feed themselves. And they spend that time alone with the Lord. They get out the word, they, they spend time with him. They've learned to connect with him throughout the day, regardless of what their activities are. They've learned how to hear his voice in the busyness, over the busyness of our culture. They hear, they hear him when they're recreating. They hear him when they're working in the f- workforce. They, they hear him when they're going through the marketplace and buying groceries and doing the things that we need to do to sustain life. Hearing his voice. So important, so important. I wish I had a magic wand that I could just take whoosh and make everybody ravenously starving for more of Jesus, you know, and so we would just go after him with all we have. But that's something that we have to steward. Deverne Fromke used to share with us, and he says, you know, The Lord is the one who lights the flame on the altar. He's the one that brings the fire. And it's kind of like when when we come to Jesus and we ask him to forgive us of our sins and to come into our heart, it's like the Lord puts the the fire love for Jesus in our hearts. But just as in the Old Testament, even though the Lord brought the fire, it was up to the priests, it was up to us to make sure we steward the flame. And some, we let the flame go out. I'm not here to scold you today. If the enemy's trying to make this a scolding, that's not my intent. My intent is saying, we've got to get real serious these days to steward the fire of God in our hearts. The passion, everything that goes. When I look at Stephen, I see a man who is filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And even as he was going about his duties in the church, taking care of the widows, we see that he was a man that did all sorts of supernatural signs and wonders. Now, you just don't do supernatural signs and wonders because you want to. You do that because you spent time with Jesus and you receive more and more of the anointings and the giftings that the Holy Spirit has for each of us. It would, my heart would just go crazy if, if all of us were starting to move in supernatural power. Sound cool? If you could have one supernatural power, what would it be? I'll give you three. I'll give you an infinite number. 
Because that's what Jesus does. You're not restricted to one. Everybody's got one gift. We got really more than that. What is it that we want? My whole life, I've, I've wanted the power to heal. I think healing is just amazing. I get excited when God shows up and someone is sick and then they become whole. Someone is diseased and now they're well. I love that. I just think that's so cool. I love it when people are depressed. They're, they're, they're mentally fatigued and tired and worn out. And they have an encounter with the word of God, either prophetically something spoken or God reveals something. And all of a sudden their countenance shifts because they've had an encounter with the living God. Hmm. I think this is the way Stephen was moving. A lot of times we think of the apostles and they're moving in signs and wonders and we think, well, I'm not an apostle, so I don't, I don't know. But Stephen, he was a, a, just a regular worker in the church. He had, a, he had a good responsibility, but he moved in supernatural power. He moved in the things of the Holy Spirit. He functioned in a way that brought people to the kingdom and caused everybody to just wonder what God's doing in the earth. That's what signs and wonders do. Signs are pointing to the kingdom of God has, has infiltrated, is penetrating this kingdom where the evil one has been gone unchallenged for centuries. And now the kingdom has come and these demonstrations of the kingdom Cause people to go, what was that? You look at Jesus. They're saying, where'd this guy get this wisdom? Who teaches like this? He teaches with authority. He's not like our regular teachers. And, and when Jesus came and he saw the leper and he touched the leper and the leper was cleansed, everybody just took note and said, whoa. Before Jesus... You touch a leper, you get leprosy. Yeah. After Jesus, you touch a leper and you release the kingdom and the leper is healed. And then as we see all the different things, it causes people to just take note that God's up to something. God's up to something. He's doing something incredible. He's releasing the authority and the power of his name, his kingdom on the earth. Amen. I love that. That a preach. Mm-hmm. So that gets us to our scripture. Next week I will be done at this time. <laughs> Acts chapter six, verse eight. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. Opposition arose. Isn't that always amazing when things are really going good and we're on a roll, you know, everything's happening. Then opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freemen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia. These men began to argue with Stephen, but they could not stand up against his wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke. Hmm. Remember, that was one of the requirements 
for selecting those that were going to serve the widows. Follow the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Verse 11. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We have heard Stephen speak words of blasphemy against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses who testified. This fellow never stopped speaking against the holy, this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs of Moses handed down to us. And all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw his face was like the face of an angel. Wow. wow. Hmm. You'll see parallels of what Stephen's experience in dealing with the Jewish leaders and the Lord Jesus' experience in dealing with the, the Jewish leaders. We find that the jealousy and the hatred that, that was there in their hearts toward Jesus is now being manifested toward Stephen. We need an eight-year-old <laughs> to take charge. So, where was I? So as their, as, as, as their hatred towards Stephen because of his ability to move supernaturally in the love of the Father, manifesting the very ministry of Jesus again on the earth, they're coming together and they're, they're trying to engage him and, and debate him. We find that in as early as chapter 2 in Mark, that there, there's opposition against Jesus. And they cannot deal with this man's ability to use language. They can't, they can't win an argument with him. Probably because he's not being argumentative, he's being loving. And as they're trying to entrap and ensnare him just as they did Jesus, he's responding with love and with truth and with wisdom and the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, in, you know, in those days that the Holy Spirit will give you what you need to speak. So don't, don't worry about it. If you're before officials, don't worry about that. He will, the Holy Spirit will give you the words that you need to say. And so we find this happening and Stephen's there. They get, instead of, instead of them giving up, it, they only redouble their efforts, but now they have to do the same thing that they had to do with Jesus. They have to get false witnesses to take something out of context and twist something and to try to bring it. There's something about Jews, when you're going to touch Moses or you're going to touch the temple, they're going to, they're going to have a, a holy war against you. And so now that there they are. They're going after it. They're accusing Stephen of almost the same thing that they accused Jesus of. You know, that Jesus said, you know, you destroy this temple. And he's talking about his body. They're thinking about the Jerusalem temple. And he said he would raise it in three days. And so they, they took off on that. And that was the, one of the things in which they were allowed to incriminate him. And so now they're doing the same thing with Stephen. Finally, 
as they, they do their best to, to get these false witnesses and as they come forth to, to really silence Stephen and bring an end to him, everybody looks at Stephen. He, he's in front of the Sanhedrin, the official, the official judicial system there. He's before them. They're making all these statements. And I almost see Jesus, you know, as he, he, he never... He never he never engaged them at their level. As he was quiet, as he was silent, and there's Stephen. And they look upon him and they say, his face was like that of an angel. Wow. So they asked him to give an accounting of, of these charges. Chapter 7 goes as he goes through the whole history and he, he, he shares with him the, the whole history of the people from Abraham all the way to Jesus. And as he goes through that history, the common theme that he keeps pointing out to them is how God's people, God's chosen ones, always reject him and the servant that he's chosen to send them. And so... I'm just thinking, man, this is, this is magnificent. What a, what a way to lay it out in their terms, in their language. An opportunity, no doubt, I believe, from Stephen's heart of love of wanting to see them come to repentance, wanting to see them come into the kingdom and hoping that they will hear the word, but instead they, they do just the opposite. And they're infuriated at this re review of history and at this incredible speech of Stephen. So that takes us to verse 54. When they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, Stephen prayed, Lord, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Wow. Now, a lot of times we, whenever we think of Stephen, we think of the first martyr, and that's kind of how we, we pigeonhole him. But here is a man full of the Holy Spirit, moving in supernatural power, had a heart and of love from, of the Father and of the Lord Jesus, and he cared about he cared about his people. He cared about the Jews. And he's preaching once again an Old Testament gospel that reveals Christ and they, they don't hear. All the supernatural power that Jesus had, all the supernatural power that Stephen had didn't block the stones. And they still hurt. And they still killed. However, Jesus on the cross, 
He said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. He breathed his last and died. And here we have something very similar with Stephen. You know, he, he releases his spirit to the, to the Lord. He, he bows his knees, falls to his knees. He, like Jesus, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He says, Father, don't hold this sin against them. It's still showing, it's still showing the complete transformation in the life of a believer. That even in the midst of their dying last moments, their heart is not for revenge. Their heart is not for uh, vengeance or uh, justification. Their heart's still for the ones that are doing the killing. This is, this is the real gospel of Jesus. This is the real gospel that so transforms the heart that even in the midst of being stoned, your heart is still concerned for the lostness of the ones that are doing the stoning. You ask that the sin that they're committing not be charged against them. I don't know about you, that does something to me. That touches me at a level that I say, Lord, I need the fullness of the gospel to penetrate even deeper into my heart than what I've allowed. I don't want uh, my need for vindication, my need to be proven right to trump the good news going out to lost people. the cry of his heart. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do something this morning in helping us go to that place of the core of our being and allow him to tamper. Allow him to have full right of adjusting the settings inside of us. To one, help us deal with the things that keep us from knowing the fullness of this good gospel, the wonder of Jesus. My, my prayer today is that the Holy Spirit would give a grace that would begin the journey of ruining us for any kind of selfishness, any kind of self-centeredness that would restrict us from being able to proclaim the kingdom gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we receive your ministry to us. Open places that are closed. <laughs> Free us from places that are captivating, that, that are holding and restriction. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would release the very grace of heaven to earth, that we might freely choose to embrace Jesus in all his glory, in all his truth. I pray, Holy Spirit, where we've got our gospel so inter interwoven with our culture, 
that it dilutes the truth and the power. I pray that you would begin to separate that and give us the grace to be able to say no to the things that this world would offer and to say yes to all that Jesus has to offer. So Jesus, you sent the Holy Spirit to us to bring to remembrance all that you taught and said. You sent the Holy Spirit to empower us. So just as you came to destroy the works of the devil, Lord, we would see the works of the devil destroyed. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would activate our hearts and our minds, that you would sync them with your heart and your mind. I pray that all the thoughts of your wonderful heart would come forth today. In a moment, I'm going to pray and, and we'll be officially dismissed. But for those that, that are at a place where you're just kind of stuck, and you're not even, you, you may know why you're stuck. You may not know why you're stuck. Um, would invite you to come forward for prayer as well as those with any kind of stomach disorder. If, you, if, you're, if you've got a stomach dynamic that's going on in your life today, I want to pray for you and uh, bless you with that. Anybody have anything else? Okay. Father, thank you for your love. Oh, you're so good. You're so kind. You're the most wonderful, wonderful, wonderful being we've ever known. And you've chose to, in all your fullness, cover us ah, with your love, your strength, your light. Lord, I just love that song we sang to you earlier. Oh, so in all, in all of your fullness, come. Come. I pray, Father, that there would not be one person that would leave with their love tank, anything less than full. I pray, Father, that there would be a divine impartation of your love and your grace filling each one of us, that we'd be able to go forth from today and that we would be able to see and hear and speak and do those things that your kingdom is all about. May we follow you this week. Open, open doors, show us the way, be the light to our path. And for this, we'll forever, ever be grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.